0: This week, Facebook wants to give money to creators. Do you want to spend money for a rollable TV? And Clippy is back. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week. That's Friday, July sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. My name is Kirk Corliss, and I'm Scott Hertz. <laughs> and this is <laughs> okay. This is gonna be this is gonna be weird. <laughs> and this episode 92 of the gnc week in review podcast proud partner of the tech podcast network if it's tech it's here thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode we are live on gncweekly.com slash live so please be sure to say hello in chat or comment also be sure to like and subscribe to the gnc wir channel on youtube if you miss a live video you can always catch the replay later if you are a new listener please be please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right hand side column at gncweekly.com forward slash gncweekly.com let's try this again please be sure to subscribe to podcast where you can find on the right hand side column at gnsweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment, be it on social media or email, and that all can be found at gnsweekly.com forward slash connect. I got the right graphics and the right uh, lower third. <laughs> Woohoo! All right. <laughs> awesome. All right, so a um, couple of little things. Um, both Scott and I are going to be off next Friday. Um, I have a uh, an engagement that I cannot miss, and Scott uh, is doing something really awesome with um, with Roboticon.
1: Uh, it's uh, so it's for Metrocon, which Metrocon. is Excuse an me. event that that I have done uh, for the last couple of years. It's been uh, usually with the Three Thousand Brigade, which is why I've got my 3KB shirt on tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, this year, we're doing it with the Amrock Fab Lab, and we're bringing the Hatto augmented reality uh, dodgeball game to to MetroCon. To the best of our knowledge, it'll be the first time that Hatto has been at a convention uh, in North America, period. Uh, so we're super stoked about it. I cannot wait. So that's what I obviously i went away there a second yeah you're cutting you were cutting out there (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'm gonna try changing the internet again um okay yes no i'm super stoked about it it's uh it's gonna be a ton of fun
0: cool awesome um and what is and what is hado for those who
1: don't know what that is it is an augmented reality dodgeball game okay uh i i just posted i did an interview with uh our local fox affiliate uh, that aired today that explains it. It's on my Facebook page. Um, and we'll share it from the from the GNC Weekend Review for people who want to learn a little bit more. Uh, it's, it's super cool. Um, you have goggles and a thing on your arm, and three-on-three, three, you uh, play dodgeball without having to hit somebody with a ball. Cool. Cool. All, all the things that make dodgeball fun and none of the things that make it hurt right
0: <laughs> right well that's awesome uh that is awesome we'll definitely check it out yeah no and the, the uh it'll have post up all the information on the uh, facebook page um you want to throw it up on the um twitter page too yeah for sure okay cool excellent awesome all right so that's what's going on so we are both be off um uh this week uh coming week sorry which is my wrong calendar the 23rd So we'll be back um, two weeks later on Friday, uh, July 30th. Um, Same time, 8 p.m., unless something changes, but it'll be 8 p.m. Eastern time. (laughs) Uh, GNCweekly.com slash live. And you can always catch the podcast episode half an hour later. Also, quick reminder about the podcast awards. Um, We have have two weeks from today. Today? Yeah, today's date is uh, July 16th my brain and mouth is not moving correctly (laughs) (laughs) so um so please if you have not already um please go to the um, podcast awards.com if you have not done already all you have to do is log in use your um, ask for your name email address log in it'll ask for a password it'll send an email back to you to confirm your confirm you go back in there's a long list of uh, uh podcast categories Sports, LGBTQ, uh, race—I mean, there's a, a genre of of categories. Ours and along with F5 Live, FI Reflection Technology is under t- technology Category. So please be sure to choose one of us. And I said earlier before, if one of us, either one of us, uh, gets nominated, awesome. If either one of us, it's wins,
1: that's awesome too. Awesome. <laughs> yes, right. We <they> will <laughs> rally our are fans on either <laughs> brand for the other. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So I've been a big fan of, of Scott um for many years. We know each other for a few years as well. So he's got a great podcast, um F5 Live, which I tune in regularly and download it. That's a great uh podcast with um Abraham Pelch Sunday evenings. Um so definitely check it out.
1: Um so also it's also we're gonna have a guest this week. Oh cool. Alante's coming on.
0: Woo-hoo! <laughs> All right, well, definitely gonna check it out definitely very out.
1: excited about that cool awesome <laughs> it's been years since he's been on the show i'm super stoked awesome
0: well we'll definitely tune in uh next week uh for that um so also uh, the podcast is on the people's choice people's choice as well so be sure to and there, again there's plenty of other podcast categories and if you are listening to a lot of podcasts like i do or many other people there's definitely a podcast there for you definitely support your favorite um, content creator and podcaster it all it's all appreciative so again it's two weeks the deadline's two weeks from today so please be sure to head on over to podcastawards.com all right so we're going to jump in the news week It's it's a little bit light this week um i try my darndest to pull all the stories that are affecting tech news and and some other stuff that's going on but that's for another day all right So we're going to jump in. Um, Top story this week. um, Facebook plans to pay out $1 billion to creators over the next year. And, uh, and, a half a, a, and a half year and a half, excuse me, as part of an effort to court content makers to its many services. The money will be awarded to creators who use Facebook products in different ways on Facebook. Creators can get a cash bonus for running ads on their videos or reaching certain tipping milestones during live streams on Instagram. Creators can get paid for enabling ads on their IGTV videos, getting tipped in live streams, or creating popular videos on Reels. The money is available to creators on an invitation-only basis for now, and new options for making money will be announced later. Facebook indicated it would expand availability to more creators later in the year, launching a, quote, dedicated place for bonuses within the Instagram Instagram app this summer and in the Facebook app this autumn. Facebook's CEO Mark Zuckerberg says, "Quote: The initiative is meant to make Facebook quote the best platform for millions of creators to make a living. The money will be dispersed by the end of 2022." It seems to me that Facebook is taking a play on YouTube, who is like the big who's the big platform for videos and also
1: for content creators to make money as well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the place to monetize, um, especially when you're small. Um, I when I when I do consulting for people, I always remind them that, you know, you want to build a house on property that you own. So use YouTube like we do to help drive people uh, towards your own platform in the event that something goes wrong, right? We've been seeing uh, YouTube and Facebook do a lot of uh, uh, content moderation, which I don't think we're talking about, but if you wanna find out, right? So if you want to find out more about that, uh, you can go to geeknewscentral.com and listen to Todd's episode uh, from last night. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Facebook and YouTube have been doing a ton of content moderation lately. Um, And that wasn't a planned uh, bumper for Todd, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there are a couple of high profile ones. And as much as I don't like the people, I don't. Uh, agree with the idea of of stifling them. You know, Alex Jones is a sociopath, but I don't. <laughs> I don't like Great. the guy. But I don't like the idea that that YouTube knocked him down. Um, you know, comedians have gotten uh, hard strikes on YouTube and Facebook uh, for making jokes, which is insane. So you know, don't build your house on somebody else's. Uh, and this includes you know Facebook and Instagram. Don't build your house on somebody else's property. But uh, definitely go to the grocery store and tell people about what you're up to, which mm-hmm. is which is how you can use this to your advantage, right? But also too is that um,
0: with YouTube and how and the, there's a lot of there's a lot of strikes on activism videos where pl- when they're shooting when they're keeping an eye on police officers when they do their job and police officers yep. will throw out their their phone, play a music. And they're trying to get their videos banned for copyrighted music as well. Yep. And yeah. The,
1: mis- the mistake they've been making has been not using Disney music. Right. If, if you're going to do it, do it right. Use Disney music. <laughs> Throw on something from Frozen because uh, YouTube's uh, system will automatically catch it. I'm not huh, trying okay. to help answer, no, but, no, no, no. I not. mean, if you're if you're going to play the game, play, at least play it right. 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 <laughs> right yeah if and i want to think... use regular music use the jacksons oh, right <laughs> but but seriously use disney music because it'll get cut quick
2: yeah
0: and we're not and it's all about and we talked about this i think last episode or episode before about is all about free speech also mm-hmm. um and yeah. you're right and 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 just to add on reason i say
1: i don't like alex jones but i don't like i like even less mm-hmm. <laughs> that he was removed from everything all at once right and
0: there's a lot of other ones as well that got, like I said, Absolutely. have been taken down. And and Todd, yeah. also, yeah, he's
1: we're not plugging. Well, I'm EP, so I'm not plugging. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, he went on a long. It is it is what these letters stand for. The GNC in right. our right. <laughs> And our thing. You know, look, so technically, you know, look, are, we're always plugging what he's up to.
0: Right. That's true, and and also and also powered second, by
1: GeekNewsCentral.com right here in the green bar for those who can't
0: watching on <laughs> video. Right. Exactly. But yeah, it hits um. But it's it's all about I think that with you know tie in a couple of things. You know, a this Facebook is again going into a YouTube play. B, you know they you know they want to um, spread their message, but you know, the spreading their message and their content is a double-edged sword.
2: Uh-huh.
0: So, what's to say that if you know a content creator wants to talk about, and this is again for an example, but it'll talk about the 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 myths about COVID nineteen or the sure. myths about yeah. the, the the vaccine, or you know, so what's to say that that content creator is going to put it out there on Facebook, get millions of likes, There's and, ads. And, and right? And then, then like a day or two later, their, their algorithm is going to catch it and pull it.
1: Yeah. So, so does this, does this fun factor in, are they going to negate any views that you had it, that count? You know, it, exactly. This, exactly my point. This is exactly. a dangerous time for content creators um, kind of in general, um, no matter your, your, affiliation it's a dangerous time for content creators when you're Mm -hmm. trying to use somebody else's platform the only company that has generally stood up against the mob either mob
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) because Mm -hmm. there's
1: two loud mobs the Mm -hmm. only company that seems to consistently stand up against it is spotify but i mean the waters are rising i don't know how long they can hold out Mm -hmm. um so you know it's a, it's a weird time. Facebook is trying to, it, it's a weird time because at the same time, the number of content creators is growing, mm-hmm. but the danger for them is growing as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's a super strange time, especially to be getting into it. You know, I, I've been doing this a little over 14 years now, so mm-hmm. I know the dangers. I know where the red flags are.
2: Right. Um,
1: and, I, and I generally try to avoid the minefields. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did get, I did get a soft strike for, uh, for talking about Google one time, but <laughs> I had some pretty we nasty things you, to say we, on the show. We but, don't want to, but, we don't you know, want to get
0: this strike again.
1: No, I, I got a soft strike <laughs> and couldn't live stream on YouTube for 30 days. Oh, wow. Um, okay. For, for talking about, you know, the, the side effects of a decision they had made mm-hmm. and I go out of my way. To avoid the landmines, and sometimes they throw them out underneath you as you're taking a step. <laughs> so but, you know. So who is going to uh, to to qualify for this? There's right. no telling because they've been super quiet about about the rules and how this is going to work. When it rolls out, we'll find out more. Um, but my guess is they're they're looking for uh, the. The nonsense content, the kids dancing to free-determined music right. type things. That's the kind of they're trying to compete with TikTok. I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. They're trying mm-hmm. to compete with TikTok with Instagram Reels. It's the reason why they mentioned it specifically mm-hmm. uh, in their announcement because um, TikTok is eating their lunch right now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and their IGTV has been not the success they wanted. Uh, Facebook Watch has been not the success that they wanted, no. um, and Reels is intended to try and do some damage to TikTok, but TikTok's eating their lunch, and they're trying to trying to shore that up in a way that they didn't with the other two. That's my guess is what's happening here.
0: Well, that's also too, but also to try and compete also with YouTube as far as their shorts, their shorts,
1: um, uh, which category. is which is also an attempt to take on TikTok. Both, both of them are getting into this new space real late because mm-hmm. cause it's just Vine, which was founded in oh seven. Ye- yeah, I think so. I mean I think so. So, you know, they're getting to it real late.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and TikTok has absolutely owned it. Uh uh musically owned it, and then TikTok mm-hmm expanded on what they were up to. right? And both companies are a little scared. They're both trying to do something. Uh, this is this is their attempt. I mean, they both successful, well, it, it, successfully, well, Facebook slash Instagram mm-hmm. successfully did some pretty good damage to, to Snapchat uh, by doing something similar with their stories. And I think since they've screwed up with short form video for 15 years, <laughs> I think they're just trying to get serious with short form video. Yes, they're trying to compete against YouTube. But right. YouTube also doesn't statistically matter in the short form video field. It's all That's about true. TikTok. And they're trying to take them down before they become a bigger problem. True. That's my guess.
0: That's uh,
1: Again, there is no information available. Right, exactly. <laughs> they but... have told us nothing about this program
0: no they have it all a, not,
1: speculation
0: no it's all there's a lot of speculation and right, yeah you're right about the little information that's being provided but also my whole thing is that with, with this podcast and you know is that as far as you know because we break down the tech news but also dissect it as well mm-hmm. you know even irregardless i mean i'm <laughs> i mean because i think there's things there's things that i may agree on and there's some things that you may agree on and or disagree on yeah but you know, and I think that, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I've been doing this podcast. Well, I mean, Bob, we came on, you know, a few months ago, but this podcast has been for three years and I'm still mm-hmm. learning, you know, on on certain things and what, what avenue to go to. But majority is that it's basically it's affecting people like F5 Live, it's affecting consumers. This is affecting, like, things from one end of spectrum to the other. And it's all about, there's no really, like, there's no really no right or wrong with things with it worth with with things, but I'm just kind of but I second guess
1: what's going to happen next, mm. and yeah. and that's this, the thing something, right? because nothing nothing is set, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no rules, mm-hmm. it's all about feeling.
2: Mm-hmm. We
1: feel that this one's offensive. Well, why right. doesn't matter, right? <laughs> right, exactly, because I exactly there's a, there's a particular a comedian that I watch a ton, mm-hmm. except for this month because he takes July off. Uh, <laughs> but I watch him an absolute ton, and you know he gets these these strikes from YouTube and Twitter mm-hmm. about jokes or commentary. But and the reason that's given is blank, huh? Which both companies say is part of their policy to always give feedback, and they. Never do because right. they don't have a reason. It's just, oh, we feel that this one's a problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right.
0: So I'm I'm just curious. We're just curious. I and mean, if you're and if you're watching live or listening later or watching later, definitely let us know what you feel about about this or and this or you know, this topic. Um so let us know by um
1: and if you're a content creator, is this the thing absolutely. that makes you feel comfortable, you know giving facebook watch a try instagram tv a try i'll tell mm-hmm. you i tried igtv uh for six months and whoop, what a waste of my time I, <laughs> absolute waste i don't do it anymore um and their stats are garbage so uh but you know is this nebulous pot of money that we don't know how it'll be distributed and right. will take more than a year before checks are written is mm-hmm. it, which is weird. Is this, would this convince you to give it a shot again? Yeah. I mean, it's in my head. Yeah. I mean, it's mine as well. I mean, uh, but I'm going pi- to pitch it to my marketing guy.
0: Yeah. What the hell? Give it a shot. And I'd like to, I'm just curious, I'd like to hear it from you guys. And, and like Scott said, content creators, you know, if you feel this is worth it, you know, or and or. or yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Just um, head us up, um, slash connect, Facebook, Twitter, or email as well. All right, moving right along, um, LG's futuristic rollable OLED OLED 4K TV is coming to the U.S. for $100,000. Now, this was shown off at CES, which I've seen at uh, CES 2018, and then it turned into real the next year. Um, the it's 65 inches. Uh, it's a 65 inch set. Can roll itself up and then back down to fully disappear when it's in its housing unit. The, that cabinet also contains a front firing 100 watt Dolby Atmos sound system. The OLED R has a middle mode between fully unfurled and rolled down. Uh, LG calls this Line View, and you can use it to display a clock, photos, music controls, and so on. It's got uh, Dolby Vision, 120 hertz, 4K gaming, variable refresh rate, auto low latency ports, and more. And all and there's also uh, the its HDMI HDMI ports are HDMI 2.1. If you're really interested in the rollings, uh, the OLED R is rated for over 100,000 rollings, uh, which should give uh, so. They're also saying, the LG, excuse me, is saying that it's taking orders for the ODR and that, quote, this is from uh, LG, customers will receive white glove delivery installation service to ensure a seamless setup uh, seamless setup experience. Each TV is built to order from the company's Gumi South Korea facility. I don't have $100,000. I'm trying
1: to get a house. <laughs>
2: yeah okay so
1: all right you've gone a different direction with it than i did so what i did was i went to amazon and i searched for 100 watt dolby atmos soundbar there's a samsung one for 480 dollars that i could have uh by sunday <laughs> at a 65 inch lg tv 4k couple hundred bucks, right. So for less than a thousand dollars, I can get this that doesn't roll into itself. right. So, so the pitch here is is the idea of a television rolling into itself worth ninety nine thousand dollars <laughs> right, <laughs> Which you have put into an interesting perspective. It's most of the cost of the house. That you've been talking about
2: right <laughs>
1: right <laughs> it's almost exactly the original price and right. just slightly below the price that we were talking a little while ago so right so you could buy a television that rolls into itself right or or a home a home <laughs> Mm. Oh, it I seems so... <laughs> like the height of what is happening here.
0: I think we got a show title $100,000 or a, for a TV yeah. or a home. Show title.
1: <laughs> show title. Selling <laughs> my I... house for a television.
0: There you go. That's it. <laughs> I got I to gotta get this thing out of the. All right, let me make sure I got this here. Hang on one second. Give me a second. I'm going to make sure. I get... It's
1: just. Hang on. It's. Seriously. <sighs> It's bonkers. This is the dumbest thing I cuz it's not it's not like it's the <coughs> Samsung wall, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. The Samsung wall is expensive. Mm-hmm. That's not designed for your house. That is designed for me to be able to take to events and mm-hmm. do a big display wall and be able to snap panels together that aren't this big, which is normally how you have to build an LED wall. They're usually a foot by a foot. They're tiny little panels. And if you want to do, you know, a huge wall at a sports arena, you've got to have hundreds of these panels. And so Samsung's wall was designed to do the same thing and maybe 12 panels. Okay, that's expensive. This is designed for your living room. This yeah. is stupid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Who is the target demo for this thing? Right. Is it and, Bill Gates? Is that who this is? Is <laughs> yes. this designed specifically for Bill Gates and uh and uh Bezos now that he's got nothing to do with his time? <laughs> he's just gonna roll the TV up and down. And... Well when I saw a TV, it's gorgeous. I mean, but I I when I
0: saw that and I saw the nice and, and this I saw the wall too when we were there twenty twenty twenty. twenty twenty. That's also gorgeous. I mean, but you're a but yeah, you have, to have... a great
1: interview with the wall.
0: Yep yeah i was when i saw that i was i was like blown away when i saw that and i was like amazed but when i got the i got the title after i have to clean it up a little bit later so if you're listening on the um the audio feed the podcast you'll see it um so when i, when I um publish this um uh in about a half hour or yeah about a half hour hour from now so yeah so i just like i but this, I always tell people, like, I always say to people, you know, when they're buying expensive things, they're they're, they're compensating for something a lot differently.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot deeper inside. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah. And also, too, you know, when they're saying that, you know, they're going to receive white glove delivery and insulation service. You better. Right. <laughs> now for most homes how is that going to like how is that going to fit like in a regular home like you have to be like really careful because when you're moving and i i, I speak from experience moving sucks and if you know if people are out there listening watching know what i'm talking about you know that we're moving it's a painful you know and you have to like um turn the, an object a certain way or tilt it so you don't bang anything. Uh-huh. Oh, imagine, like, if you were carrying that thing in and that banged over to... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You can kiss... You yeah. can kiss that $100 a yeah,
1: I, It suddenly I, becomes a very expensive sound or bar. A paper. <laughs> or a paperweight. <laughs>
2: um, and I'm not going to lie.
1: Here's the thing. We know how quickly... Television technology moves. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: So this hundred thousand dollar investment, how long do you keep it? Mm-hmm. That makes me even more uncomfortable. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because how long do people keep TVs? Ten years, maybe. Yeah. So we're talking ten thousand dollars a year. What mm. is that? What does that work out to? Mm. Three. Is that three thousand? No, it can't. It's got to be three hundred dollars a day. My math is not good, so not that great. So I'll
0: believe it, but my 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 math sucks.
1: Oh, okay. So it's it's thirty dollars a day.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Own this television for a TV. Yep. Thirty dollars a day for a television. I don't get it. No, I I don't get it. I'm not I don't think this is how we expected this this topic to go, but those are my favorite. This I like it too. No, I'm stupid.
2: <laughs> no,
0: I like it too. And again, I like the um the uh, show title I have it. I already have, I already have it. I already have it. Um I just had a second to go. Oh crap. Uh $100,000 for a TV or a house. It makes me so sad. Uh, <laughs> I love it. See this is like, you know, like I was like I said again when we have things come up in the rundown, you know, and there's always a show title that <laughs> that Amelia <immediately> screams out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh- and it's even more fun when they come out during the show where you're like, exactly. oh, this is it.
0: <laughs> yep. Touchdown.
1: We can share the experience with the listeners.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's how too. the show titles are born. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I always say, I still believe, I think we should We should definitely think about doing, definitely doing pre-show pre-shows. I really do. I really do. Because that'll make it even more fun. i <laughs> will make it even more fun. All right. Other news this week. Remember, Remember Microsoft's Clippy? Oh, how many years ago was that? Twenty plus years ago. So, Clippy is back, and it's part of a broad up uh, broader update to 1,800 emoji. Um the one-time assistant will replace the paperclip emoji in various Microsoft 365 products, including Office, nice. Teams, and Windows. I love emoji. I, I mean, I love Clippy. I think that was the greatest thing and because I was asking questions and you had the little, the, the little eyebrow go up and the little paper would write down what I was asking. I thought that was the coolest thing since so bread. I'm sorry. I just got me like... <laughs>
1: Oh, if I got something to show you after the show, oh, cool. I sure can't show it on air. No, you can't. No. Okay. <laughs> it's a cluffy joke.
0: Cool. Um uh Microsoft is updating its emoji library to make the character the character 3D, as well as more colour, colorful, and fun. Uh, Microsoft told The Verge, <clears throat> excuse me, approximately 900 of their redesigned emoji will feature some sort of animation, which you're able to see in action in apps like Teams. Uh, Microsoft said it plans to roll out the new characters to Windows and Teams sometime in the upcoming holiday season. They will then make their way to other Office apps, including Yammer and Outlook sometime after that. <clears throat> Microsoft teeth. Is
1: Yammer still around? I, I, I think they retired
0: it. that. Apparently I I'm wrong. I didn't, I didn't never heard of what is Yammer.
1: Um, I never heard of Yammer. See, it's because nobody could quite describe what the service was. Okay. Um it was it's a communications thing. Let's see. Okay, so it's described on Bing mm-hmm. as Yammer was. Mm -hmm. a freemium enterprise social networking service used for private communication within organizations. So it was a little bit more than Skype for business and a little less than what teams is. Um, It was kind of, it was the thing that they were working on internally before they bought Skype. Okay. Um, And then link became Skype for business. And then like Yammer was a connected pair with link and now teams kind of covers all of it. Okay is that is
0: that like qualified like under Zoom is that also like that too or
1: it's it's a little less than Zoom.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. It it had things like, you know, wikis and things like that in it, but it, it wasn't great. Okay. <laughs> I've used it. It wasn't great. I don't hmm. I'm surprised. So the idea that that they're updating it is a surprise even hmm. more so that Bing describes it as was.
2: Hmm.
0: No, well, I learn something new every day because I never. I mean, I'm I'm well versed in different products, but I never heard of Yammer. Okay, interesting. Well, I learned something new. Learn something new. Um, <clears throat> uh, Microsoft teased um, Clippy's return early this month when it said on Twitter it will replace the paperclip emoji in Office if at least twenty thousand people like the tweet. So, as we're live right now, I'm recording this episode on July uh, at eight thirty three p.m. The tweet has gotten one hundred sixty seven thousand point seven hundred likes yikes, so <laughs> so apparently a lot of people like me um like clippy I thought like I said when I saw when I started using Microsoft Word when I first came out, and I saw like I said when I was seeing the um seeing the um you know type of question about how do I type something or clip art or um or anything or like how to do like an animated letter or something like that that I, that uh eyebrow went up that piece of paper him writing you know and then um it will he'll like do some other twists and turns and like i said i was like i know that this was 20 plus years ago i think it was from what i understand 27 years ago but like i said i was like
1: i was a i was a happy puppy i'm sorry I thought that was the greatest thing since sliced bread so you know and, and it's a there's a great joke in the office about it uh, mm. when Daryl's trying to make a resume and he can't, and he calls somebody and he says, it There used to be a thing that would come up that said, it looks like you're trying to make a resume. Would you like help? I think his name was Clippy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I love it. That's good. I, I think that's awesome. So I think that's great that they're, it's bringing it back. All right. Next up, um, AT and T has announced a partnership with Blingo Wireless to bring its fast mmWave five G, which it calls five G plus, to more U.S. airports with a goal of seven by the end of the year and twenty five by the end of twenty twenty two. That's counting its first deployment in Tampa in Tampa International Airport earlier this year. Uh, Interesting. you did. There is a little bit of a catch. Um, travelers will only find. It's Boingo.
1: Of course there is. <laughs> well,
0: there's the other catch. There's that and there's another catch. Um, only find, <clears throat> excuse me, they only fi- travelers only find 5G plus in certain areas of the airport, like major gates and concession areas. Um, yes, if you don't know, Boingo is well known for providing Wi-Fi to air travelers. But what at is deploying isn't 5G branded Wi-Fi. <clears throat> Any AT and T subscriber with the right phones and a five G plan will be able to connect automatically to network. However, not all five genes, not all five G phones support include mmWave support. Right. The <clears throat> excuse me, the iPhone twelve and Galaxy S twenty one series do. Speaking of Samsung, we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> uh, 5A,
1: five A five five G is dropping it. If I remember correctly, the four A has it, and the five A is dropping it.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. It gets better and better. Um, <laughs> the Verge is reporting that bringing MMWay 5G from the outside to indoor locations presents some unique challenges. The higher frequencies it uses provide huge capacity and speeds, but don't travel far and are easily stopped by walls, windows, and other obstacles. However, according to AT&T's Senior Vice President of Network Infrastructure, Mo Kate Bay, and I'm pronouncing his this person thing. I apologize. Focusing deployment within high traffic indoor indoor locations, and in, as it is in many ways easier than bringing and then wave to open air location like a city block. Mm-hmm. Working with one building owner tends to be easier than with many building and landowners that leave space for equipment. least space for equipment, for example um he says he sees um strategic 5G plus deployments like these are an important piece of its overall 5G strategy in next 5 year next few years excuse me speaking to the verge he emphasized that the company has first has first focused on extending its fir, its five its 5G coverage nationwide using mmwave for dense urban areas and venues which he says is are the places quote where 5G plus
1: really shines yeah it it's been popular both with AT and T and Verizon uh, mm-hmm. for deployments in places like uh, sports arenas, um, because because of the the dense population, the lots of people in a small area where traditional cellular signals uh, essentially get absorbed and overloaded, and you see cells start to shrink down. mm Wave doesn't do that, but it also um, is able to be stopped almost like magic just by doing, you know, a hand gesture at it, it is so unstable. <laughs> it, it can get stopped by almost anything. But, you know, when you're in an open air place, like a sports arena, you know, there's there's a lot of value. And same thing with, with the big terminals. I would imagine that it's gonna go into the new terminal at Tampa, um, which would make a lot of sense. The idea that it's in other places is actually fascinating to me. The fact that they rolled it out to you know TPA first is weird. Mm.
0: But why is it that really the need for for them to put in, even with Verizon putting in in stadiums and airports where it should be deployed elsewhere. And you know, they're dropping these these phones out to the world where you can't connect to them what where's the where am i where is it like the the where has the, where's the priorities
1: shifted somewhere it, it comes down to which technology they're deploying right standard mm-hmm. 5g works very similar to lte uh it has uh lower capacity uh but longer wave longer range um as well as uh more durability. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas with the, the short wave, the MM wave, it's real strong mm-hmm. and has a lot of capacity. So you can get a lot more devices connected to one node without the cell shrinking down, because every time you connect another device, your cell shrinks. So when you're in a place like, let's say the convention center in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's con- connected to one of four networks Mm -hmm. all the cells shrink down and anybody who's ever been to a convention doesn't even have to be ces anybody who's ever been to a convention Mm -hmm. at the las vegas convention center knows that cellular service is garbage Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but if you had MM mmWave, uh you've got you've got a big flat building right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you put it up you put a one or two up top it has high capacity, so it can hold more devices before the cell starts to get smaller uh, without losing speed. Uh, it just doesn't permeate walls well. Well, you're not dealing with walls inside of a big space like a convention center or uh, a sports arena or an airport terminal. You're not dealing with you know big separators. It's a pretty much a straight shot of open space. So mm-hmm. that's really where this technology is designed. So okay. you're focusing this tech in very specific places because it's not going to do great on a pole somewhere. Okay. Because buildings are going to stop it. Right. Uh, uh, a tree with uh, green leaves is going to stop it. Um, pine needles won't, but leaves <laughs> will. Okay. Okay. Which is fascinating, I know. But so... I- You've got, yeah. you know, you've got different, different deployment ideas for different technologies. So. Okay. That would make sense. But also,
0: but so there, so do you think that maybe that these, the AT&T, Verizon, other companies will maybe not necessarily build, <laughs> if they build stadium, they'll be amazing. So are they looking at that as a, like a look, they're looking at, okay, it's good here. You know, it's good in these, in these small pockets, mm-hmm. So why don't we figure out a way where instead of cell towers, we can probably maybe, you know, put it in a bigger. Um, I'm trying to think of the right word, um, a bigger like
1: a, like a mesh of of that's what I was, exactly right. And AT and T in their in their uh, press release talks about this a little bit uh, that that they're looking at certain urban centers to be able to deploy the technology, particularly places that have uh, like big parks where they might be able to hide, um, hide these, these devices uh, throughout a park where there's not big buildings getting in the way. Um, So they are, they do seem to be looking at that, but Mm -hmm. the most obvious places for these types of deployments are like shopping malls and, right North arenas convention centers
2: mm-hmm.
1: airport terminals i hadn't thought about airport there's actually a pretty clever use of yeah. it and then you use regular 5g outside where where you've got you know longer ranges more durable signal that type of thing well again <laughs> there's not you know too many phones out in the wild that, that has it
0: so and that's the one thing that's the the <laughs> 64 000 question why isn't there more out there okay uh next uh twitter is uh, twitter saw a surge in government demands worldwide in 2020 to take down content posted by journalists and news outlets this is according to data released by by the social media platform in its transparency transparent transparency report Published on Wednesday, Twitter said verified accounts of 199 journalists and news outlets on its platform face 361 legal demands from governments to remove content in the second half of 2020, up 26% from the first half of the year. The biannual report on Twitter's enforcement of policy rules and the information and removal requests it receives comes at social media, Facebook, and Alphabet, uh, uh, Alphabet incorporated YouTube's face government scrutiny worldwide over the content allowed on their platforms. We discussed it earlier. Uh, Twitter ultimately removed, ultimately removed five tweets from journalists and news publishers. The report said India submitted most of them removal requests, followed by Turkey, Pakistan, and Russia.
1: The <clears throat> that makes sense. Me,
2: mm-hmm, um, the social a little surprising, media...
1: Egypt's not in there, right? But right. I guess Twitter's been. I think Twitter's been shut down. Mm-hmm. Yep, the social media platform did not previously track such data on requests
0: pertaining to journalists or publishers. India topped the list for information requests by governments in the second half of 2020, overtaking the United States for the first time. This is from that same report. Some uh, some countries have moved to ban or restrict access to social media platforms. On Monday, Cuba began curbing access to Facebook and messaging apps like Telegram amid widespread anti-government protests. Last month, Nigeria banned Twitter from the country and ordered television and radio t- and radio stations not to use the platform to gather information. The company said globally, it received over fourteen thousand five hundred requests for information from July first to July, December thirty first, and it produced some or all the information in response to thirty percent of the requests. Uh, such such. Such requests can include governments or other entities asking for the identities of people tweeting under pseudonyms. Twitter also received more than 38,500 legal demands to take down various content, down 9% from the first half of 2020. It complied with 29% of the demands. In the updated transparency report, um, Twitter said the number of impressions or views of a tweet that violated Twitter's rules accounted for less than 0.1% of the total global views in the second half of 2020, the first time the platform has reached, released such data. The company says technology is proactively identifying more than 65% of abusive content from human review rather than relying on ports submitted by Twitter users. So other countries, so I'm I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I know a lot of countries, the real, their, how their government is, uh, their governments are excuse me is like they're like you know in china um a lot of countries and get you know, twitter if you want to right but i think that <clears throat> but this goes back to we talked about earlier about free speech in america you know where you'd be able to post but again it goes back to double-edged sword you know where you know it's it's possible it may be taken down
1: but in other countries
0: it's a lot harsher a lot oh, yeah. more sure.
1: Yeah, because, you know, we're technically the only country on the planet that has uh, uh, First Amendment protections, it, that has free speech built mm-hmm. into its foundational documents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's not a surprise that basically everywhere else is worse,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it's not good here either. And right. that's, that's what they're saying here. For the first time ever, I just want to make sure, for the first mm-hmm. time ever a country with basically four times our population mm-hmm. has requested more data than the United States.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: not great. No. That's not great that we usually request more than a country with four times our population. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's a weird statistic. I don't like that one. Yeah, although it it does kind of play into the into the whole idea of you know where where is the line? Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. What what data should be public? What should be private? It's all you know. The the Abram and I talked about it a number of times under the last administration that there were there were people in the Department of Justice that were petitioning the United Nations to try and make it so that encryption had a backdoor, which of course invalidates encryption and makes the internet kind of a worthless place. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. But I mean, then you've got some countries that already have things like that in place, like China, where basically Twitter and Facebook aren't so much a thing. It's all mostly Baidu, which is uh, owned by the government. So, you know, but you also notice, too, it's a lot more
0: prevalent, a lot more now than I mean, it's like it goes back to again with like with um, with the, the the myths and the misinformation and no matter what. And like I said, there's dueling. There's both sides that are angry. Both sides are. Yeah. So but it's a lot more prevalent this this year than last year where it has, I mean, there was like little, th- little pockets, th- things going on, you know, and hyper, hyperbole. Um, but yeah. now it's like, it's gotten way, way out of control. And yeah. I, and again, I'm, I admit I'm on, I'm on Facebook, you know, I'm on maybe for five minutes max, because I like to go into the, uh, the groups with, that I have the happy with, and I can feel good about myself and I can have that calmness, <laughs> you know, um, and on Twitter, same thing. I mean, I'm on it like for five five minutes max. You know, I'll see some things going on, some things that I, can, that I laugh about because there's some people that I, I follow on Twitter are hilarious, you know, and that makes my day too. And I'm done. Then I play my games and, you know, and I'm a happy puppy. But wow, I mean, it's like the, like lately, again, with this past year, I mean, it's been bananas, crazy yeah.
1: stuff. yeah the the problem of course comes down to allowing companies like twitter, facebook and google to be the arbiter of truth, right? Mm-hmm. And and the danger that presents. Uh I was listening to somebody who was going through uh I think it was this week was talking about how, you know, let's let's talk about on the on the covid misinformation disinformation topic that mm-hmm. the surgeon general decided he wanted to get involved in this week. Um If in, in March of 2020, if you had said on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, that you should be wearing a mask, you would have been going against the CDC and against Dr. Fauci, and you would have gotten a strike for COVID disinformation. Mm -hmm. In May, if you had said that you shouldn't be wearing a mask, you would have gotten the same strike. (laughs) So... So the idea of letting Twitter and Google and Facebook be the arbiter of truth, because obviously one of those statements was right. And one of those statements was wrong Mm -hmm. ish, because, Mm. you know, there's still studies that show both have, have some merit, um, you know, Dr. Fauci within, uh, within three days of himself (laughs) said both (laughs) right publicly on TV. So, so where? The idea that Twitter decided that this is the rule, like this is, this is truth, mm. but on Wednesday, it's not anymore. They don't lift the strikes that you got on Monday mm-hmm. <laughs> for disinformation, even though, oh, it turns out, no, that wasn't quite right. <laughs> so that that's where my problem comes in with this type of thing is right. them removing content because they believe they know the truth, even right. though so frequently you know there was the whole hunter biden thing last year right that was them deciding that a newspaper the oldest newspaper in america was lying Hmm. (laughs) and so therefore they were the arbiter of truth turns out oh yeah all of it was true and it was just the tip of an iceberg that it got way weirder that it it ends with him snorting parmesan cheese in the hopes that it was cocaine. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you know, that's that's where this kind of thing starts to scare me. Right. I don't like the idea of Twitter, Facebook or Google being the arbiter of truth. You know, you've got Zuckerberg saying that they're trying not to be and then uh the White House literally saying, I think today, that we're working with Facebook, that the White House is now acting as part of their truth team. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where
0: yeah, <laughs> that's where they part of the and that's part of the the uh the episode <laughs> where uh top yep yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my whole thing is that like yeah like when you're looking at something you look at the at pros and cons mm-hmm. and you look and based on what you know like as far as research and Google you know, my whole thing is that find out what if you're not sure about something, look it up. You yeah, know, if you're not if you're absolutely. not sure about, about 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 the vaccine or you don't want to know more, just right. there's, pl- there's a plethora of information out there, and I think that you don't need to go to base the base Facebook or Twitter on things. Find out for yourself. You don't need
1: yeah, like you said, like you said, go back to what you said right. about the arbitrary. But then you've got Google, who's part of this little gaggle right that's just pretending true. to be the arbiter of truth that's true too and right. and they're censoring right. search results right which is right. part of their their ftc investigation right which goes so, back to the, <laughs> which it goes back full circle i know and so so you can go okay well maybe bing oh but Bill gates was the loudest person through all this who right. also said things that weren't true Damn it! That's not going to work. So what do I do? Obviously, I can't go to to Baidu, right? Because yep. the Chinese government's never going to say that there's an investigation into the origins of the virus. So that one's censored too. So when when these big companies start playing truth police, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly, you know what? Me, I enjoy watching nonsense. Why am I not allowed to watch nonsense? my favorite things to do is to watch flat earth videos Mm -hmm. and Google was threatening to remove them from YouTube that made me sad I love flat earth videos because they show just how weird the human brain is Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's people that believe that stupidity and if you're (laughs) one of them I'm sorry it's stupid (laughs) and and anybody who's fully functional knows it and to watch like to watch the weird like mind games they have to play to get around reality it's mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with the covid stuff right i have enjoyed uh, watching dr fauci day to day not say the same thing mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's, it's
1: my favorite thing it's like all right and we're going fauci bingo is he going to be pro mask, anti mask, <laughs> double mask, triple mask? What's he going to be for today?
0: Well, that's why we. Talk, that's why we we're, were talking about earlier. You know, uh, earlier that I watched C-SPAN and you know, and it's the press briefings and or the news conferences, and it's just that it's just like, it's like it makes it makes your head spin. <laughs> There's stuff that go, there are questions that are asked and the answers that are being that are being answered. And,
1: well, you know, so <laughs> no questions are being answered.
2: Well,
0: that's <laughs> who
1: They are avoided at all costs. <laughs> right. <laughs> which I understand is the press secretary's job is to try to avoid right. answering questions. Right. Yeah.
0: And if we're but, going into this, <laughs> well, we're not going to this uh, political um, rabbit hole because we'll be
1: here all we'll be here all night. And <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh because 2020 has been so weird as evidenced by this. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yep. And I just got it. God help us. If uh, I want this twenty, I want this year to
1: go out on a happy note. <laughs> However, I believe. Yes. Ha- <laughs> exactly. So we're going out on a happy note. There you go. <laughs> Cause as far as I'm concerned, a year doesn't end until after CES. So yep. Yep. my is, calendar is off here. by a couple of weeks. That's been your motto
0: for for a long time, and that's probably gonna be that's gonna be my, my motto probably um, going forward. All right. Next, speaking of, well, let's go into another <laughs> flip side now. <laughs> um, Verizon announced it has been awarded the most has been awarded the best overall network performance and reliability by moot by root metrics for the sixteenth time in a row in its report oh. for the first half of twenty twenty one. Root metrics found Verizon to have the top network in five of its seven categories. The report includes results for network reliability, network reliability, speed, and speed and performance, including data, calls, and text. Verizon took top marks in the reliability, accessibility, call, and text performance categories, giving it the top spot overall. Verizon points out that has won or shared 738 out of 875 metro area root score awards. Verizon also had 43 markets within at least 40 megabytes. Uh, Roometrics tests carrier networks in the 125 most popular metropolitan markets across all 50 states. Com Lady, Chief Technology Officer at Verizon, said customers have come to expect a higher level of higher level of reliability and performance from their mobile network after spending the past 15 months largely connected to a wired internet connection. Root metrics stringent nationwide drive test methodology demonstrates that Verizon customers can expect unbeaten reliability and network performance whether they travel cross town or cross country. So good on Verizon,
1: put another feather in their cap. And, All right. and to to rebuff it a little bit, mm. uh, Tom's Guide published its best carrier list two days ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they have. Verizon is number two, but they don't just do technology scans. They also do, uh, value stuff and things like that. Uh, so they have T-Mobile as number one and Verizon is number two. Um, anyway, just yeah. putting it out there. Uh, yeah. but they, they also have uh, reasons to avoid uh, mm-hmm. on their thing, which is important. So, you know, you look at those stats, you know, uh, The fact that the fast 5G is available in very small numbers of cities for Mm -hmm. Verizon, but that they do have a surprising amount of MM wave, which does mean that you've got some stupid fast speeds if you're in one of those areas Um, um, and that their prepaid plans are great, which is which is something that more and more people are looking at. So,
0: yep, cool.
1: All right. Next
0: up, um, from a report coming from Bloomberg, Apple's flagship 2021 iPhones will come in the same size as last year models, but with a smaller display notch. This is mirroring uh, predictions from analyst Ming Ming Um According to Bloomberg, the year's phones, this year's phones, will be a iterative upgrade over the iPhone 12 series and will include incremental improvements to their processors, cameras, and displays when they're announced in September. I'll point out this year's were an incremental <laughs> upgrade over last year's. Right. (laughs) Um, Bloomberg is also reporting that, quote, at least one of the four new devices will include a LTPO or low-temperature polycrystalline polycrystalline oxidized display. It's a technology Apple has previously used with smartwatches to dynamically adjust their screen refresh rates to conserve battery. This is also lining up with a prior prediction from Ming-Ching Ko, who said that both pro iPhones coming this year will include... Uh, the report is also casting doubt on the possibility of seeing an iPhone with in-display dis- in fingerprint 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 sensor this year. Although Bloomberg is saying that Apple has tested the technology, it says it's unlikely to appear in 2021. Uh, back in 2019, Coase predicted that Apple's 2021 2021 iPhone models
1: could be its first to feature in-display fingerprint sensors. That's not where uh, I want the. In- that's not where I want the fingerprint sensor. Agreed. Um, Apple. Apple convinced me that I want it in the power button and Microsoft confirmed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. The the iPads with the, the fingerprint sensor built into the power button. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Bring it to the iPhone. Yep. That's my pitch. Bring it to the iPhone.
2: Brilliant. Don't
1: mess around with this in screen nonsense. You've already got the technology. It's working in the iPads. Bring it mm-hmm. to the iPhones.
0: Well, unfortunately, uh, well, the co is also said said in March that the iPhones uh, are most are also unlikely to include a fingerprint scanner, fingerprint scanner in the power buttons. Yeah, oh, see, there we go. Right. <sighs> um, camera upgrades will reportedly include an improved optical zoom for video recording. This is also coming from the latest Bloomberg report. Um, co also said um, previously said the ultra wide cameras on both Pro models could receive a boost this year. Um, another area that Bloomberg reporting doesn't touch on is charging. Um, there have been rumors that Apple might release an iPhone without any ports in 2021 and rely on MagSafe rather than a typical lightning port for power. But recently, um, Co is saying that Apple doesn't think the MagSafe ecosystem is mature enough to act as their sole way of charging the iPhone, suggesting that suggesting they the, suggesting the lefty lightning port is here to stay for now. Agreed. Um, Apple's reportedly gearing up for a big iPhone sales cycle. Bloomberg is also saying it's up to 90 million units for the initial launch period. It extends to 2021, up from a typical order of 75 million seen in recent years. So there's a lot, but nothing's really being definitive until we find out more information later in the next couple of months
1: if they have purchased that many extra devices for launch, it suggests that there's something that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. There's some piece of this that is not clear that they think that this is less incremental than, than the reports are suggesting. It'll be interesting right. to see what they think that is.
2: Yep.
1: Cause so. I, cause I'll tell you personally, unless they send me a 13, the 12 is where I'm stopping. I'm tired of these things. <laughs>
0: Well, I was thinking about getting, well, I'm, I'm definitely getting my, my pixel <laughs> come hell of high water. Um, definitely getting that. Um, but as far as, m- you know, mobile stuff, you know, on the go, if I wanted to do some vlogging or for our, you know, our, our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to get the iPhone 12 because I've heard great things
1: about it and they've got good cameras. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, this is the second device in a row that I've had radio problems with, though. Ooh, an eleven. I had three eleven Pro Maxes and a twelve Pro Max. They've all had the same radio problems. Mm. It makes me way less interested
2: <laughs> in continuing
1: <laughs> down this path. So, eh. yeah. Well, like I said, so we'll see. This is an interesting one. I didn't. Okay. I didn't read this one. Oh boy. Yeah, I gotta look at it before we get in. <laughs> um, a pilot for
0: Delta Airlines is suing his own company for one billion dollars. He's alleging that stolen app he created or they created. Yeah. Get the right words out. Um, Captain Craig Alexander, he's a 11 year veteran for the who flies 757s, developed a messaging app called Crew, which is spelled K-R-E-W Live that facilitated flight crew communications. He said he pitched the app to Delta management who after allegedly expressing interest ultimately turned him down after before releasing a similar app on its own. Alexander said he uh, he worked on the project on his own time and spent $100,000 of his own money. See, this is where he hasn't spent 100 grand. Not on CV. on the app to create an app (laughs) he says he had several meetings with delta about the app in 2015 and 2016 in which executives allegedly showed interest in acquiring the software after 2016 though delta stopped communicating with alexander about the app and in april 2018 the airline released its own app called flight family communications Some of the meetings between Alexander and Delta executives may have come at the behest of CEO Ed Bastian and CIO Raul Semet. Alexander emailed Bastian in the wake of an August 2016 power failure at Delta's Atlanta data center, an incident that disrupted flights for five hours and cost the company more than 150, $150 million. The pilot told the CEO that he had, quote, a solution that would help in the event of future outages. Bastion allegedly replied to Alexander and connected him with SEMA. He said in the suit, um, FFC or Alexander says in his suit in the suit, says FFC is a carbon copy knockoff of the role-based royal role. Based, role, role Base text messaging component of Craig's proprietary crew life communications platform. Um, this is this is a lawsuit which he was filed in Georgia state court and which alleges alleges theft of trade secrets. The value of the software, quote, based solely upon operational cost savings of Delta, conservatively exceeds one billion dollars. Um, Delta um is disputing this, um, saying, quote, while we take the allegations specified in Mr. Alexander's complaint seriously, um, this is from uh Morgan Durant, who is a Delta spokesperson, told Bloomberg in a statement, um, saying also saying they are not accurate or fair description of Delta's development of the of its internal crew messaging platform. Yikes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the, the... So obviously this is going to be difficult to prove Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, as the Winklevoss twins can, can attest to, right. Trying to trying to prove this in a court of law is going to be complicated Mm -hmm. um, because unless he registered the IP somewhere, Mm -hmm. for example, uh, it, it was made available through one of the app stores where you can go back and, and have Apple redistribute an old version. So you can compare. Uh, side by side, which may or may not be possible. Um, it's be super difficult to confirm because did he have these meetings? I
2: don't
1: know. Mm-hmm. Right. There, the, there are very few people who could confirm it and it's going to come down to an, uh, he said, she said, because right. there's no way this is logged on an official thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not in a, in a, SEC filing for Mm -hmm. the quarter that we met with a pilot about, you know, flight crew Mm conversations. So this is going to be a difficult battle for him. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be easy to prove the billion dollar savings to the company Mm -hmm. because a five hour outage cost him $150 million. Mm -hmm. That is a really easy uh, argument to get to a billion dollars. Now, mm-hmm. is a court going to award him a billion dollars? No, of course not. No, no, no. <laughs> um, Absolutely not. But if he can prove that the company has saved a billion with technology that he stole, that mm-hmm. they stole from him, oh, okay. That might, you know, he might get half of that or something, you know, or what would the licensing fee have been? What would have been an appropriate licensing or, you know, whatever. But The real uphill battle here is proving within a court, right, which has a high burden of proof, Mm -hmm. um, proving that he built the technology, he showed it to them, and then they stole it. That's going to be a challenge, and it's going to take a long time. The Oracle Google thing was a decade. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about similar amounts of money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that ran for a decade. And in the end, both of them spent that in court. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So uh, it's a fascinating story, that I don't know how it goes forward. Yeah, that's
0: something that's something that, and I know with the company that I work for a lot, there's been a lot of ideas that were, that turned into reality. And what also, but here, the thing was the company with this company, they didn't compensate that person. They basically took that idea, ran with it, and it's now their own. So it's like, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what I was because a lot of employees I know that were, um, that had these, um, or their applications and uh, programs, what have you. I'm like, you know, it's great that they're taking that ball and running with it, but you know, nothing wrong, a little bit of compensation for it,
1: um, for sure the question of course comes down to contracts as well right, right. like is there an ip uh, clause in his delta contract there might be mm-hmm. i was a salesperson for radio shack and there was an ip clause in ours hmm so you never know they delta might go yeah but see here <laughs> here's here is his ip clause in his in his pilot's contract We Mm -hmm. came up with something that was relevant to the company. And uh, so we own the IP on it anyway. So. I'm not going to admit on camera that (laughs) that ideas were filed by other people outside the company Mm -hmm. as their ideas Mm -hmm. outside of myself (laughs) during that time period. Uh, But they were (laughs) that company doesn't exist anymore. They're <coughs> like four owners later now. <laughs> but I mean, it's there could be this could be a fascinating thing to follow. And it's good, it could either be over real quick when they say, See here, IP clause, it was ours from the get go. Sad story on your hundred grand. Have uh, a nice Get back on your plane. Or, <laughs> or this could be a long battle. That could be fascinating. My guess is it's A, not B.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely we're definitely going to keep an eye on this. Um, and hope and I don't think that, like you said, I don't think he's going to get a billion dollars Mm-mm. out of this.
1: Um, but we'll see. But that's why he's asking for a billion. So he has the ability to work down from there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. All
0: right, and next in, um, remember a, a few years ago that Samsung had problems with batteries in its uh, Galaxy Note Seven. Either they were catching fire or exploding. Well, um, there is some. Um, there's many Samsung Galaxy S20 owners are having their phones display suddenly dying on them. Well, at least Uh, this is isn't going to keep them off of an
1: airplane. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Touche. (laughs) bump. it sucks, but it's not going to keep them off of an airplane like the Note 7 was. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I love how things tie together. Um, As
0: reported by Sam Mobile, several Galaxy S20 series owners have taken to various, various online forums, including Reddit, to complain about the display on their device suddenly dying on them. Um, users are reporting first seeing scan lines on their Galaxy S20 display, which progressively worsens until the display completely turns white or green. This effectively renders the device un- unusable, as the user is not able to see anything on the display. Um, this is issue, this issue, is coming primarily seems to affect the most expensive Galaxy S20 and Galaxy S20 variants, ultra variants. Excuse me. It's not clear why the issue is happening, uh, though it does look like a hardware one a excuse me a Samsung forum mo- forum moderator recommended affected galaxy s20 owners to boot the device in safe mode and reset it however the solution does not seem to work some users have reported facing excuse me similar issues on older galaxy devices like the galaxy s9 and galaxy note 9 i remember <laughs> the
1: s9 issues <clears throat> so i haven't had a galaxy one phone for forever. (laughs) I remember, I, I remember hearing about issues with the S9. I hadn't, I have an eight and a 10, uh, the nine I skipped. Um, but I remember hearing about screen issues with the S9. Um, if it's scan lining and then, uh, flat lining like that, it's probably uh damage to the ribbon cable that powers this, that that uh, sends data to the screen
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it would be very similar to what happens with a laptop. If it has been folded a certain number of times and mm-hmm. the hinge crimps the, the mm-hmm. uh, ribbon cable in there, this mm-hmm. is the exact same result. So huh. that likely means that, uh, there's a heat issue inside the phone and the ribbon cable is getting damaged because I can't, it's not like there's motion in there. Like there isn't the a laptop. The right. only thing I can think of that would damage it, unless there's something sharp that's somehow cutting the cable over an extended period of time. The only thing I can think of is heat. And that's not great, mm-hmm. especially because of the history with the note seven. Right. Well, hopefully,
0: well, we don't know if that's, that is hope, possibly one of the reasons why. Um, the only solution that has worked for most galaxy S owners as 20 owners is to take the device to the nearest Samsung service center and get the device display replaced because the uh, ribbon cable will be replaced with it. And that's also expensive. And however, if your phone is not out of warranty, then you have to pay the display replacement from your own pocket. Um, Samsung has not acknowledged the issue and it remains we've seen, uh, it, if it does, if it will do so, then reduce the displays on the affected Galaxy S20 units for free. So, and this then, has of been of course
1: compensate people who have already paid.
0: Exactly. So, um, so we'll definitely this is something also to keep an eye on because it's imported through several outlets over to, uh, this week. So, yeah, we'll see what
1: happens. Um, it's not a great situation. Time. It wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a phone ribbon cable <clears throat> uh, damaged via heat. Um, there have been other issues with other non Samsung phones, (laughs) not entirely on Samsung. We've seen this happen in the past. There was a, there was a problem at one point, I think with the three GS from Apple, um, where they were doing free screen replacements because there was a, a heat issue on the ribbon cable and there was an HTC issue, maybe dating back further than iOS and Android, Um, so it wouldn't be the first time that this has happened, um, in the past, uh, the companies have recognized it and taken care of it, uh, usually at the expense of the company that manufactured the screen, even though it's not their fault. Right. Right. So from the
0: battery to display issues, what's next?
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't ask that question.
0: Right. Sorry, I don't want want to jinx it. Sorry, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. I've already had phones explode. Right. Right. Let's not try and no no no. Trying to one up that one. No bad juju. Bad (laughs) juju. Bad juju. juju. All right, and finally this week, a little bit of good news. I think. this is from coming from Fox News. Forty-one-year-old um, Josie Rock was taking photos of her three-month-old, three-month-old son Asher. When she went back to review the photo, she noticed that one of Asher's eyes was glowing white, which she immediately suspected was cancer. Um, for her testing, um, her fears were confirmed, and it was discovered that uh, her that uh, Asher had a very for, had a very rare form of eye cancer known as grade A retinoblastoma. The good news is, grade D. grade D, excuse me, I'm sorry, grade D, well, I have to, my phone up a little bit, <laughs> grade D, I apologize, grade D retinoblastoma. The good news is, um, it was caught early, Asher managed to undergo successful treatment, according to Tomas Olsen, director of the Solid Tumor Program in the Aflac Can- Cancer Center of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, uh, say that five times real fast, he told Fox News at Quote, at first we gave him chemotherapy intravenous and the ophthalmologist used lasers on the spots on his eye and there were no responses. He finished chemo in 2015. The problem with retinoblastoma is it can pop up in other places. Over time, he had a few more new ones pop up and they were lasered. Asher is now seven years old, has gone has undergone 54 exams to date and is still being treated. Um, thankfully, as it was early ought, caught early on he has managed to survive so that is
1: awesome 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 good news something something as simple as taking a photo of an infant mm-hmm. and being aware of what was happening in the photo is what what caught this yep so and, and it's one of those things like a photo can tell you a lot mm-hmm. so so pay attention. You know, the, the color that shows up in eyes in photos can oftentimes tell all kinds of things. I think I read somewhere that that there's even like a there's something that happens to the eyes in, in certain photos. If you're dehydrated or something like your eyes tell lots of stories. Mm-hmm. So so pay attention to them in photos. Yep. I think that's the moral of this story. Right. Well, the moral of the story is don't buy a hundred thousand dollars for TV. But <laughs> well, there's that too, because because you might have to deal with eye cancer. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, in a in a slightly related uh, story, for those who have been following you know our CES coverage for years, you might recognize Marissa as one of our as one of our team members, and Audie was her sister is has been a team member as well their little brother just got to ring the bell uh that he is cancer free this week. So Woo-hoo. Oh, awesome great news. Very excited about that. That was so awesome.
0: So yeah, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. That is awesome. Good news all around. Indeed. Good, good news all around. And <clears throat> That is the tech news for this week for Friday, July 16th, 2021. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com, and be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com slash live for the Geek News Central podcast, and then be sure to watch and tune in again two weeks from today, which is um, Friday, um, July 30th. We're back 8 p.m. Eastern Time at gncweekly.com slash live so be sure to like and subscribe to the gncwir channel on youtube also be sure to like and subscribe to the gncwir excuse me also make sure to please click on the bell and always like notifications if i get my script right so you will not miss the next episode Also, be sure to share this episode with people you know so they can check out the podcast as well. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to tune in to F5, F5 refreshing, refreshing Technology with Scott and Abram College, Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, two weeks from now at F5Live.tv slash join us. Or be sure to subscribe to podcasts on your favorite podcast app. Comments on this episode, we would love to hear from them. Um, Head on over to gncweekly.com slash connect. And connect either via email, Twitter, or Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. Scott is on Twitter at Triple T M-A-B-O. Till the next episode
2: of GNC Week in Review in two weeks. So long. Ciao.